We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It's Friday, and this is the Front Office Show, so you know what that means. Front Office Friday! That's it. I was waiting for the follow-up. I, I was prepared this time for the <laughs> for the secondary hit there, but uh, but I like that I like that it didn't come on this one. You're going to keep me on my toes. That that was well yeah, done. That's Keith. The goal. That, was, that was well done. You pulled the chair essentially. That that's what you did right yeah, there. Pulled the chair. Yep, absolutely. I'm gonna. I'm just like someday. I'm gonna start mixing it, mixing in fake uh, NPC names for you that uh, <laughs> might throw you off a little bit, and you you'll go searching for a player, and and we'll see how that goes too. It's coming. That's exactly what's gonna happen. That's exactly what's gonna happen. I'm gonna be looking for some random, completely made up, made up name, and uh, yeah, it's not gonna. I'm not gonna find much. Um, Joe Jones, baby, let's go. <laughs> I was trying to think. What was the name? Uh, the, I want to say it was like Sports Illustrated years ago. Did like a long, long time ago. Um, it talked about this this baseball player that they completely Sid made Finch. up. Sid Finch. That that was it. Yep. That could throw over 100 miles an hour. All this crazy yeah. stuff. Yeah, it was going to be the NBA one version. Combat boot on or something. Right, right. Yeah, yeah exactly. There, that's going to be it. I th- I'm pretty sure that was the inspiration for uh, what was the movie Rookie of the Year with uh, with a kid <laughs> who br- hurt his arm and then could just hurl yeah. the ball like crazy. Henry Rowan Gardner. Rowan Gardner. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Schlager or whatever the guy kept on. <laughs> classic classic movie from when you and i were growing up all right everybody i uh, do appreciate you all joining in over here on the youtube channel if you are here and you're not a subscriber do us a favor hit that subscribe button because we are getting very close to thirty thousand subscribers we're on the cusp so help us get there hit that subscribe button turn on notifications as well you know we're going to keep you filled in on all of the trade deadline news everything going on around the nba uh, Keith, I, I like that we can start off with some good news uh, on today's show. We talked so much about this player's out with an injury, that player's out with an injury. Tonight, LaMelo Ball coming back from an injury, one of the more exciting young players in the NBA. So that, I think, is a great positive to start the show on. Yeah, it's it's huge news for the Hornets. Not It's not going to save their season. They're, they're no. a bad team. They're not going to even make the play-in tournament. But I think what what – gets overlooked sometimes in these situations is it's important for them to get him back to see what does he look like with Brandon Miller? What did they look like when Mark Williams eventually gets back? Those are their building blocks there in Charlotte. So you want to see those three guys together as much as you can. And now we're going to start with ball and Miller. At least you get a sense of how do they pair in the backcourt? Do we need another ball handler? 
are they good enough? Can we go a little bit bigger somewhere? Do, do we need to focus on putting shooting around them, defense around them, whatever it may be? Those things are really important when you're in a rebuilding season because otherwise you're just missing out on reps. We talked about this with Cade Cunningham last season. He missed so much time that Detroit was left with a lot of questions that, quite frankly, they're still trying to figure out this year. So having LaMelo Ball back on the floor, not a big deal standings-wise, not really probably going to make the Hornets win all that much more, but you get to answer some of those questions, and it makes them at least a lot more watchable uh, over the you know next, what is it, 50-ish games or so that we have left. Well, and I, I think it could be, and I don't think they're going to force anything, but it could be informative heading into the trade deadline if they get at least a couple of weeks of getting to see LaMelo Ball out there with some of these guys. Again, a reminder of, hey, yeah, maybe this is a player we can move, or no, this is a guy we really want to hang on to because of the connection that they've got. So, um, yeah, great, great, great news there. Uh, looking at some of the other news that's out today, we've got the Grizzlies applying for a $12.4 million disabled player exception because John Morant is now lost for the season. You would assume that they will be awarded that. Typically, when teams apply for these things, they tend to go through, although we did just recently see one with Mitchell Robinson get denied because there's belief that he could come back this season. In this case, this should be awarded to the Grizzlies. What do they do with that, with $12.4 million? And I suppose the answer could be nothing, really. We've talked about that before, too. Yeah, it's this will be one where I think it might go unused. I just think Memphis is – they're probably not going to add somebody to, to this roster again. They've kind of fallen far enough out now. I don't know that they're trying to fix this uh, the rest of this year. Most of the guys that they could go get right now, you could probably get on a minimum type of deal anyway. So so we'll see. But maybe this is something where they use it to juice a little bit of an offer. But the challenge with the disabled player exception is it's a one-year deal because the, the, the intention behind it is you're replacing somebody who is out for this season. So they give you a chance to get somebody in. You either sign him for uh, just the rest of this season or you go and you sign the player for a um, – or you trade for a player or claim off waivers, somebody on an expiring deal. So we'll see you know, if they use it or not, but my guess is it may go unused. But if you can get it, might as well get it and put it in your toolbox. And then if you need it later, you can pull it out and use it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's something where, where you're better off having it than not – and then if it winds up being used, then great. But so Memphis will apply for that, and uh, I would expect that will be awarded to them. Uh, let's, well, all right. We've got a super chat to get into. We're going to get there in just a moment. Darvin Ham has been asserted by Jeannie Buss. Rob Palenka, the job's not in jeopardy. I love that Chris Haynes put this out, and then you notice, like, moments later, Sam Amick tweets out his article, which was from, like, a couple of days ago, that also said that, that Darvin Ham was essentially assured of his of his job like going hey remember this from a few days ago but that's just a little you know media tit for tat going on <laughs> yeah. there but uh but the bottom line the lakers have told darvin ham like hey don't worry even though we're terrible right now you're not your your job is is safe for the time being we've talked about that, that maybe it'd be more prudent to wait until the summer to figure something like that out unless they really were convinced that Number one, there was a, a great candidate that was out there right now at this point of the year that would be willing to come into a team midseason. And number two, that that's what would fix whatever ails the team. Um, but it does seem like that's not the path they're going to go down. They're going to hang on to Darvin Ham at least through the remainder of the season. If things continue to just you know nosedive, then maybe they will uh, reevaluate things in the summer. Yeah, I, I, I think for the Lakers, I think they realize – 
whoever they maybe would like as the next coach maybe isn't available right now. And I don't think they're being unrealistic by saying firing Darvin Ham today is not going to fix everything that ails this roster. It just isn't. It's not like you're bringing in somebody new and then everything is magically better. There, there's other issues at, at play here. And I, I think for the Lakers, it's we're going to fire him and just pay him not to coach us yeah. anymore and then have to go get another coach anyway. Let's let the year play out and let's figure out where it goes. Because I don't think – I don't know that there's anybody you could bring in that is going to appreciably change wherever the Lakers season finishes this year. I just – it's hard to believe that that – great of a coach exists somewhere and they're just sitting on the couch at home. It just doesn't seem likely. And wants to coach and yeah, wants to go. That too, and, yeah. and and that's, that's a big part of this too, because there are like the more established, like pedigreed coaches. If they are out there, a lot of them don't want to come into a team mid season and try mm-hmm. to take on what somebody else has already installed, undo that, and then install your own system with no training camp. You're supposed to win games on the fly. That's a very difficult thing. A lot of those types of coaches that are that top tier, they're saying, eh, let, let's let's talk over the summer anyway. Especially with a veteran team that yeah. is, they're not going to want to, you're not going to come in and all of a sudden be like, all right, we're going to press 94 feet every night. Like, <laughs> right. Like, right. I mean, because it's just not going to happen. You know, LeBron's going to be like, okay, no, we're not. Like, I'm <laughs> too old for that. Like, G- give me the clipboard. Me, give me the clipboard. And, and, yeah, as someone who lived through the uh, Rick Patino era, it doesn't work anyway in the NBA, but that's a whole other story. So yeah, it's uh yeah, I, I um yeah, I get it why nobody's probably jumping at it right now. In the summer, yeah, people will be jumping at the opportunity because it's the Lakers, right? It's it's sure. one of the premier jobs in the entire NBA, if not the entire sports world. So you're of course somebody's gonna want it, but then it's as you said. They get the whole summer, all the training camp to put their stuff in and go if that's where we land. So we'll we'll see if you know how how all this goes. I mean, there things could be a lot worse. The Trailblazers lost by 62 points last night. Ooh. So it's uh yeah. a lot of blowouts. Last <laughs> it night. could be 62. My goodness. Yeah. Uh, that's rough. That's rough. Uh Mission 86 said, I need Keith's schemy mind. <laughs> I don't know. Have you ever been called a schemy mind before? No, I don't think so. I hope that's a compliment i think it is i think it is it says if a team wants to bring in a coveted rookie but will have a mid to low draft position and little to trade higher and too high of a pick uh would go to another team is there anything they can do so if a team is if a team wants to move up in the draft they've got more of a late pick they've got a guy that they say this guy is the next breakout star nobody else sees it but we do but he's going to go at like 10 and the pick we have is 25 and we don't have a whole lot else is there anything they can do creatively to try to move up in the draft and get that guy that they they think's going to be the next the next big thing yeah and and I'm taking the too high a pick would go to another team meaning maybe they owe a pick or something to another okay. team so i i think there's a couple of things at play that you could could maybe get to here is one, you make another trade with the team who maybe are already tied up in uh, pick wise and try to relieve those protections or get the protections lifted for this specific draft. If that player is somebody you think you want to go, otherwise it's probably you get closer to draft night. You play your cards really close to the vest. Maybe you don't even bring the guy in for workouts or meetings or anything. Maybe you just meet with them in the general sphere of like the combine or something like that. And then you stay away otherwise. Uh, So then you kind of get into a spot where you want to go in and you want to kind of get into a spot where it's 
draft day, maybe you try then to move up late and you just try to again keep it very quiet what you're moving up to do. Uh, that's that's probably the best way you could get there. Uh, other than that, there's there isn't a whole lot you can do yeah. because anything to put yourself in position means you're having to trade with somebody else. And that means that they have a you know large uh, kind of say in that as well. Keith, I tried to trade up for Bijan Robinson so many times this past <laughs> season, and it did, and it just was not possible. Sometimes you get stuck in that in that position, and um, and there's just not much you can do about it. It's the way that it goes. Uh, it's true in in actual professional sports and not just fantasy as well. Uh, Mission eighty six. So thanks for everything, and let's make Danny Ainge's day a little worse tomorrow. So he's coming from the Lakers side. Lakers play the Red Hot Jazz tomorrow. Um, I, but I was thinking about this, Keith. Is there a way to make Danny Ainge's day any worse tomorrow? Like, if they win, they win, and he's going to be like, okay, cool, we're on a winning streak that excites fans and everything. But I don't think he necessarily cares about winning this. I don't think the Jazz front office is looking at, oh, we got to keep a close eye on the play. And no, they're still looking years down the road. It, this To me, this reminds me of their start last season where they were great. They were in the one seed, and they still wound up, you know, with a, with a pretty high draft pick and, and kind of falling to pieces at the end. I don't... Like if they lose, I don't think that's gonna like ruin anybody's day in the Jazz front office. They're still looking ahead to next season, season after that. Yeah, I think given his history, he'd rather beat the Lakers than not. But sure, yeah, I don't. I yeah, if they lose, I don't think Danny Ainge is like, well, that's it. I'm retiring. I'm done. I, you know, <laughs> right. I've got nothing left here. Yeah, I he'll think go he play just, baseball. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Again, yeah. <laughs> I think he just moves on and says, okay great we go to the next day so but you're absolutely right i mean the jazz are playing really really well right now they won three in a row they're 19 and 20 so same record as the lakers so to you know the, the that game theoretically is for the final spot in the playing tournament as it stands right now uh still with months to play but yeah jazz are in a weird spot kind of like last year again right where we're they're kind of in this thing and they're gonna have to make the decision how in this thing do we want to be yeah Exactly. And that that may inform their moves at the trade deadline here. What are they going to do? Are they going to be a seller? Probably, but maybe they hold off a little bit. Um, still, guys like Jordan Clarkson, guys like Kelly Olenek make a lot of sense for, the, for those types of players to be out there on the market. Uh, we'll see what they ultimately do, though. Brian said, Keith, from a Knicks perspective, why haven't they traded Fournier yet? His contract is attractive. And what are they missing to get over the hump? Yeah, just haven't found the right deal where they need to use Fournier's contract in is 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 my guess. The Knicks have been under the Leon Rose front office. They've generally been pretty patient. They they this is not the Knicks of well, we didn't get LeBron, so let's go sign three tier B free agents instead. Like they mm -hmm. they don't do that stuff anymore. They they're generally content to let's build and build and build, and we're gonna collect some assets. And then when we feel like we're in a position like they did with OG Ananobi, let's go get the guy we really want. So I think with Fournier, the idea is let's go into a place where we keep this asset contract wise until the right guy pops. And who that is, I have no idea. Is that DeJounte Murray? Is that Donovan Mitchell? Is yep. that somebody else we haven't even talked about yet? Maybe somebody's not even on the market because I think there's a very real chance next summer the Knicks pick up their team option on Evan Fournier and, the and keep it as a contract. Move. Exactly. Yep. That's it because they're not going to have cap space if they decline the option. So in a lot of sense, pick it up and then you can trade him later. 
and you still you roll that over. So we're really on about I would say if being realistic, a one year trade window here with Fournier from this deadline all the way through the next deadline, which is not generally how we think about things. We generally think of them more compact windows, but Mm -hmm. I don't know that it's a lock that they move on from him this summer. Like I think a lot of people would, if it was strictly just basketball related, they'd decline that team option. They'd be done and they'd be out of the deal, but there's a sense to keep him around because he, he still remains a trade asset as a valuable piece of salary matching as an expiring contract. So we're, we're going to see, you know, what happens with the Fournier deal, but I, yeah, I don't know that the story is going to be written just yet. Now, Keith, that's not what Knicks fans want to hear. Knicks fans are looking at this. It's a ticking sure. clock, right? This is the, It expires on February 8th, essentially, as a movable piece because you need to get something done right now. You don't want to hear, well, maybe we'll wait until next season to move on from this contract. But I, but I still think people this time of year start getting antsy. Why aren't we doing anything, right? <laughs> Shouting yep. and screaming, right? And we, and we start getting a little, we, we start getting the shakes, the trade shakes, right? Um, I think the issue is that a lot of the activity really happens around that February 8th deadline. Um, There are some mid-January moves that get done, but in a lot of cases, people get frustrated with their franchise saying, why are you, why is my team not doing anything? A lot of teams aren't quite ready yet. They're still kind of in that wait and see. They're trying to figure out what their best deal is. And until they have that urgency created by the deadline bearing down on them, they don't pull the trigger until they, until they have that. So that's, you know, I see a lot of that from a lot of fan bases around the league right now. People getting frustrated. Why has my team not done something yet? This is pretty normal for this time of year for things to still be a little bit slow. We're hearing the rumors and all that kind of stuff. Maybe we see a trade or two happen here in January. Maybe it picks up towards the end of the month. But to me, this feels like a pretty typical trade deadline right right now. Yeah, it, it really is. I mean, we're just under a month out. So we're we're in a spot where... Everybody's still asking for way too much if they're trading the guy. Everybody's offering way too little on the other side. We're about two weeks. In a two weeks, it'll start to get more serious. Maybe mm-hmm. we'll have an early mover or, or or two. That happens. That happened. The Lakers were it last year with the Rui Hachimura trade. They they moved in uh, very early and got that deal done. And maybe somebody else does that. We've kind of maybe already seen that with the Ananobi deal. Yeah. But right now, everybody's just kind of still in evaluation mode let's see what it looks like and then they kind of go from there so i i I, i'm not surprised we haven't seen you know much happening yet and part of it is we still got a good chunk of players they're not even trade eligible for about three more days so they'll they'll become trade eligible on monday and then then that will be really at that point everything is really pretty opened up uh d rock said are the jazz building with or trading marketing so i don't but I don't know exactly what the Jazz want to do with him. If I'm the Jazz, I'm making sure no one else knows what I want to do with him either. I'm I'm publicly saying he's great and I want to keep him, but uh, but they could go either direction. Personally, though, I would hang on to him. I would hang on to him if I'm the Jazz. I think he's he's plenty young enough to be a guy that could be part of your future. He's been a great find for them, and and I'm hanging on to him. Yeah, I think that's the way it's going to go. I think the Jazz are. This is not a we're in this rebuild world for five years of a rebuild. I think this is more next year, year after we're looking to really start moving this thing forward and be, let's say thunder light. As far as we've got a whole Mm -hmm. bunch of draft picks, if we can get the right guys, now we've got 
the assets to build around those guys and keep it moving. I don't think we're in tear down, sell off everything phase anymore with Utah. And I think Markinen's very happy there. They seem to very much like him. So I think we're in a spot where let's uh, kind of keep th- this moving here um, and kind of keep, keep going. For any college football fan, sounds like uh, Kellen DeBoer is going to get the Alabama job. So mm-hmm. that's being reported by Pete Thamel from uh, ESPN. So there you go. Big. Uh, it's funny when Woj like retweets other sports I know. stuff. I, I, makes I skim and I'm like, who is that? Oh, different <laughs> yeah. sport. Got it. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, so, yeah, but back to, to, to this question, I think marketing sticks. I think just about everything else minus the rookie scale guys is probably on the table for Utah to move. But I think the Jazz are pretty happy with where things are at. They're going to do some stuff. Danny Ainge doesn't really sit it out, even if it's no. more minor moves. But we're, we're going to see. I, I think probably their most likely to be traded guy is uh, Talon Horton Tucker. Uh, mm. He doesn't play anymore. He's completely out of the rotation. Has not been a rotation guy for well over a month now. And that's just a salary that's pretty movable. So they may be able to make the trade where you just kind of keep it moving, keep churning that bottom mm-hmm. spot, keep, keep things moving in that that roster spot. So we'll see how that comes out in Utah. But I Jazz are been a pretty good place as far as the team that looked like after the Mitchell and Gobert trades, they were bringing it all the way down to the studs. They're, they're building back much quicker than expected, which is mm-hmm. quite frankly, Ainge did that twice with Boston too. He rebuilt the team very quickly on the fly and it looks like he's doing it again. Yeah. The jazz have a very bright future. If I, if I'm a Utah fan and you're concerned about like, well, shouldn't they be a playoff team? No, no, no. They're, they are, I think if anything, they're ahead of schedule at the moment. Agreed. So I'm happy with where they're at. Uh, no cap said, what would both of you do if you were the GM of the Golden State Warriors? So the situation is clearly Steph Curry is not happy. There's pressure to change something. He had his comment the other day about doing the same thing over and over again, how they can't do that. Um, it sounds like despite our idealistic scenario of having, you know, Draymond and Clay and Steph all kind of right off into the sunset together. It's feeling less and less likely that that's going to be possible because they do need to win games and simply they're not winning enough games right now. So what are you doing here? If you're if you're the GM of the Warriors, how do you weigh history and nostalgia and appreciation and all of the emotion behind these players versus what's best for the team and moving into a new direction? First off, I'm going to be very, very careful. I I am going to be very cautious on trading any of the future picks, any stuff like that, Mm -hmm. because one, I I think I need those, right? I need those picks because the team is going to be expensive, most likely over the next couple of seasons. So I need those picks to start to rebuild my base behind these guys. That said, if I felt like, Chris Paul, Andrew Wiggins, combining those guys and going and getting a major big salary player. If there was one available, I think I'd do it because to me, I'm going to do everything I can to try to extend this window with Steph, at least with Steph, if not with all three. So I'm going to do, do what I can, but I'm probably not trading the kids and I'm probably not trading more than maybe one more future draft pick. And that would only be as the sweetener in another deal. Maybe I could get there with Kaminga or Moody because I think we're kind of hitting the breaking point with one of those guys. But Pajemski, uh, Jackson Davis, 
I'm hanging on to those guys unless it's, you know, something amazing falls in my lap that I was like, holy cow, I didn't expect that to be available to me. And that's probably not going to happen. So, but yeah, Wiggins, Paul, uh, Looney's a little weird because he's just so fairly paid and he's another Mm -hmm. important guy, but sure, if, you know, there's the right deal there. And then I'd be open to listening to offers for Draymond and Clay. I wouldn't just immediately say, no, hanging up the phone, we're done. Steph is the only guy I'd have off the table. He is the only one I'd be like, nah, I'm, I'm just not doing it. Unless he comes to me and says, I don't want to be here anymore. Trade me. Then I'm looking, all right, I'm, then I'm, I am, everybody goes. And I'm restarting oh, yeah. with, yo, hey, Oklahoma City, give me every single draft pick you have. And then everybody else, you start ponying up picks for everybody else too. And off yep. we go. And, I, and I'm going to, you know, basically tear this thing all the way to the bottom and start all over. That, that's exactly, exactly what I'd be doing. I do not, I, I don't think that the Warriors are going to sit this trade deadline out. I think they need to make moves. If you're going to move on from Clay, if you're going to move on from Draymond, you need to get some younger pieces in that could potentially be part of the next generation of this team. That's what you've got to be looking for while understanding that, yes, these guys have meant a lot to your franchise, but it's probably time to to do something here to make some kind of a move if you're Golden State. Um, I, I don't know if you if you placate Kaminga by saying, look, just stick it out. These guys are going to be on their way out. You're going to be getting all the minutes you can handle pretty soon. That's probably the path that I'm taking with him because he's already, you know, not been happy about his his role in the team. That's something that could be shifting. Uh, they've been listed as a landing spot for Pascal Siakam. If you can get him, great. But do you are you putting yourself in a situation then where you're giving up a lot of future draft capital, which you just said, Keith, they probably shouldn't do. Is that really the ideal fit? Could they, could they maybe get, it's attaching a lot of big salary, but if they really want to give a jolt to their offense, could you bring in a Zach Levine by stacking together a couple of contracts? I don't even know if that's the right direction for this team at this point, or if it really is just as much as they may hate to say it, just burn it down. Yeah. I, I I think we, Get to a place where it trading for Siakam sounds awesome, but it's what are you giving up to get him, right? Because that's where exactly. I don't want to. I'm not giving up first round picks for Pascal Siakam. If they're willing to take Wiggins back as the primary matching salary, and then I'll give you one of the younger players like a Kaminga. All right, I'd probably do that if Siakam, you know, we, we backdoored him. We know he's going to re-sign with us. Then I'm probably Okay, let's go. Let's make that happen. But otherwise, yeah, I'm not giving up major stuff for a guy like him just because where's he going to lift you to? To mm-hmm. the top part of the playing tournament? Okay, that's not bad, but I, I don't know. I don't know that that puts you fully back in to contention because what they need to get back into contention is they need Steph to be Steph again. And he has not been very good over the last probably about month and a half or so. Uh Clay needs to be Clay. Draymond Green needs to be Draymond Green and have no nonsense. And then you need like seven other things to happen too. And I'm just not sold that making the one trade is there. I do think they're going to make trades, but I don't think it's going to turn into anything crazy um, as far as, yeah, let's fully, you know, turn this roster around with all these guys. I'm keeping an eye on Chris Paul just because that contract is very set up to be traded. But the Warriors also have a point to kind of use the Chris Paul contract as this is our let's really lower our obligation moving forward on how much salary we owe. 
we can let's say they just cut them loose at the end of the year and then they get into a place where it is all right clay we're gonna bring you back but we're gonna half your salary from the prior year now all of a sudden you're you're under the second apron you may be able to get all the way completely out of the tax entirely which would be massive for these guys as they start to rebuild everything so that's the that's kind of what you're weighing with the chris paul uh situation is do we want to turn that into another big salary and try to roll this forward or is that our get out of jail free card and we we move on because that's kind of what you accomplished in the jordan culture we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's get to uh, Josh uh, said, what's your blockbuster trade prediction? You know, yesterday there was the piece from Jake Fisher suggesting that maybe DeJounte Murray is the biggest name player to be moved at the trade deadline, that some of the moves have already been done. I'm a little more optimistic than that, that that we're going to see some of these of these moves done. Like, honestly, after seeing the Raptors move OG and Anobi, I kind of I think Pascal Siakam probably does ultimately get get moved. He's a guy that could be out there. I don't know that we're going to get the surprise like, oh my gosh, Trey Young's an Orlando Magic player now or something like that. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. just nobody Those saw are coming. Things. Right. Yeah, I don't know that we're going to get that. But I do think we're going to see at least a few big moves. I think there's enough teams that have incentive and motivation to go get something done. I 100% think we're going to see Murray get moved. Now, yeah. just talking to people myself too, like everybody's kind of, that's, 
gone as far as it's going to go. Like it's time to make a move. I'm with you. I think Siakam gets moved. I think the Warriors are going to do something. Whether it's we we just talked a lot about that, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Uh, I think there's a chance Levine still. I think the whole Levine has no market stuff is probably being a little overblown. That's the lying the other way, right? Sure. Where it's like nobody's interested in the guy, and you know because that's then hey Chicago, you need to take you know two second round picks and my two bad contracts, and yeah. that's how we get to the salary match. So that's the other way, but. Yeah, maybe something comes completely out of left field. I, I don't know. I'm not necessarily expecting it, but I do think we're going to see some big moves move around because I think the the two parts on this are how do I put this? We there's so many teams who feel like they're in it. There is yeah. no team that I think anybody's looking at and saying, "Well, they're unbeatable and we need them to completely fall apart to to have a real chance." I think everybody's not everybody, but I think you could probably get seven, eight teams to say. Yeah, we're in this thing. Like we have a real chance at this, and that generally leads to teams making a big move. I like that Joshua uh, capitalized blockbuster because that made me instantly took me back about, about blockbuster. Yeah, you remember Rent going movies. in there? Did you, did you? Were you? Did you like roll in there on like a Friday night and you were like, "Yeah, I'm gonna get this movie or this video game," and you'd see like the seven cases, but they were all gone. Yep. And it was like the most crushing. Feeling You're looking for the the box for a while that they had it. It was like it was the box sat behind yeah, the, the case. And everything. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And you're just like, no, how's how are you? You have a hundred copies of this. How are you out of all of them? And they're like, man, those rented last night or whatever. Like that was always a bummer. But the, yeah, they, the days before it was Netflix right. and all that was uh, was like new new movie day or whatever. That's they got right. all the movies on Tuesdays. So yeah, so we would try to sneak down there Wednesday or Thursday. We had one in my hometown. We would ride our bikes over to it and we would get that i played tons of video games that way because it'd be like sure oh, let's just rent it versus buying the game and play play it out that way so yeah man i i kind of miss that experience it's, the, it's an experience days. never gonna have is like going no. to the video store it's not never gonna be a thing no yeah everything is is right there like i said my, my daughter is confused when we're watching tv why we can't skip the commercials I'm like well <laughs> yeah because it's it's we're, it, this is actually happening right now yeah yeah, you're living it, kid. Yeah, exactly. Or, or you know, she she knows. Check check ever check all the different streaming platforms. Is this movie out streaming yet? <laughs> oh yeah. man, no yeah. longer waiting for the video store. Uh, I like too. They all think if like like my daughter's of the age of she like gets flustered when anything is not a touch screen. Oh like, yeah, like like completely. She's like, wait, I'm. I'm <laughs> pressing does, on this and stuff and she like does that. that to my laptop she'll be we, we, we had this google does this santa tracker at christmas time yeah and there's yeah. a bunch of games in there and so we'd be playing it and every once in a while she'd forget and she'd just like hit the screen <laughs> and then she's like what oh, oh yeah it's not a touch screen yeah <laughs> um awesome. Rui and jackson hayes for andrew wiggins need defense wiggins has not had a great see that's been part of the warriors issue is it's that wiggins really has good. not been good i mean he was like he was he was the guy that that Helped them helped them win just a couple of seasons ago, and uh, and now uh, he's been been not good. And that's I think that's part of the frustration too from Kaminga, who's like, "Come on, I should be getting these minutes here." Yeah, I I kind of think the Warriors might do that because that saves them a good chunk of money yeah. long term, and they they're probably looking at it as yeah, we can get Rui and play him, and especially if you're going to follow it up with like a, a Kaminga trade. Then you're probably you're, you're probably feeling pretty good of yeah we want a slightly older player in Rui but we're we're good now now we've got that kind of other forward but yeah I don't know if I'm the Lakers that's not the move move I'm, I'm making by the way 
I, I should mention this because I've had a lot of Lakers fans telling me, well, if the Lakers need another roster spot, just wave Jackson Hayes. He does have a player option for next year. So if you cut him now, wave him, that's going to lock in that money for, yeah. for next year. It's on a minimum deal, so it's not a ton, but it, it's something to consider. Uh, mm -hmm. The Lakers would have to be committed to paying him for next season too if they wanted the open roster spot for him. Yeah, and I mean, at this point, you've got one already, so you're not in any real yeah. rush to, to do anything like that. But yeah, I think if... Yeah, if they were doing a three-for-one trade where they were bringing back three players, he seems kind of like the guy I think would go mm -hmm. uh, as far as just looking at everything. The other guys are either they play or they've their deals carry out longer, so he seems like the player. But, yeah, I, I don't think they're there right now. All right. Uh, Jeremy said from yesterday's show, talk about a Lakers trade with the Hornets for Bridges. He said, I hate the Celtics, but love Keith. So tell me what you see the Celtics doing. Oh, he's trolling you here. I feel like Drummond is a great fit. <laughs> <laughs> and so I can tell you, I wrote more pieces probably on any. That's not true. The number one subject I wrote on for Celtics blog for a long time when I wrote there was the Gordon Hayward disabled player exception. Oh, yeah. I, wrote yep, I remember that. About that. Um, the, the next probably biggest thing was like, the Celtics should not trade for Andre Drummond articles. Like I wrote a lot of those over the, my, my run there. Just, I never felt like he was a good fit. Honestly, the Andre Drummond now that is like turned into, I can play 10 minutes a night off the bench and get you 12 rebounds. I'm not opposed to that. Cause it seems mm -hmm. like he's adopted that role quite well, but that's not going to happen. Uh, Lakers bridges. <sighs> the value's fine. Sure. Clearly, I think he'd approve a trade to the Lakers. I don't think you'd have any issue there because he does have the ability to block a trade. I just you're you're taking on a PR hit. You know, you got to mm -hmm. be able to answer those questions, and they, and it can't just be ah, we're the Lakers. It's fine. Like they, no, you have to be sure because people are not going to be thrilled with, mm -hmm. with that portion of it. Just basketball wise, yeah, I guess. Like I don't know what you're giving up for him because you're not to give the Hornets something okay yeah I, it's not gonna have to be anything great but yeah but something I, decent I, I i don't like the all right should let me rephrase i don't dislike the fit i don't know that it's exactly what the lakers need i don't know that another six foot eight forward is what they need in the rotation but i don't if you could get them cheap enough sure why not like if you could consolidate a couple of lesser wings into him yeah. somehow and attach something then uh, that, yeah. i think that's kind of the name of the game right now for yeah. the lakers yeah. Um, oh, what, would you, you, what do I think the Celtics should do? We didn't answer. Oh, yeah. Part of it. Uh, okay. Fill out the depth somehow. Like, I, I, right. I don't know. I don't think they're going to do anything major. I'd like to see them use the 6.2 million TPE and go get somebody who has two, three years on a contract that's, you know, 6 million ish this year, seven, 8 million over the next couple of years. That'd be great. I just, nobody screams out at me at that number. Uh, there, I will say the one thing the Celtics do have advantage over a couple other teams. They do have that TPE and they do have a couple more tradable first round picks, which is a handful of other teams in their situation don't have the tradable first. So that's you know something that they do have to work with. Yeah. Uh, it's just, they've got perhaps the best starting five in the NBA right now, the best top six in the NBA. It's just about depth at, at this point yeah. for them. Yeah. Uh, would you be willing to include Reeves in a Murray and Capella deal if they include Bogdan, 
That's a lot of salary because <laughs> yeah. 20 million. Bogdan is like 18. <laughs> Who are we trading now? <laughs> 18 from, yeah, that, that's a that's a ton. I look at it as could you do something with Murray and Bogdanovich, Murray and Capella, one or the other yeah. uh, of those two. Could you do how confident do you would you feel in the Hawks front office to build around if you're Trey Young? Could he be the next guy to ask out? That is uh, fifty-seven point five million dollars. <laughs> so what is that? That Bogdanovich, Capella, and Murray. So, yeah, that's a lot of salary. Yeah, you're uh, you're right, stacking up too much salary to do fun. that. Yeah, let, let's see. So, well, we got to do Hachimura. That's D'Lo Rui. That's got you at what? And he said where he is, right? So D'Lo, that's only 45. So you're probably having to put Vincent in there too. Okay, Vincent. So that gets you to that's 55. 55. That would get you there. Yeah. But, but that, yeah. But then I, you, that's just that's just making the math work. Yeah, that's making the math work. Cause then that's not enough player value for the Hawks. Right. So then I'm gonna be like, all right, well, I want both your first. Like you need to give me those and let let's go from there. Like I, yeah, that's not enough. Reeves, D'Lo, Murray. Well, see, the, the rumor that's out right now is that if the Lakers have to put Reeves in, they're getting more than Murray. Yeah, and I could see that. I just, more than, what is more than Murray? Is that Bogdanovich, who's been great this right. year? Is that Capella? I, I, if, look, if the Lakers can pull off Murray plus one of those two, and it means Reeves, I'm, I'm probably doing it, quite right. frankly, because I don't know that Reeves over the next, I'm if I'm the Lakers, I'm operating on two assumptions trying to maximize the next couple of years without taking on crazy money for a couple of years beyond that. So right. I don't necessarily that's why I don't love the Zach Levine idea. I don't hate the Levine idea, but I don't love it because of the last couple of seasons. Is is Reeves gonna give them more than what Bogdan Bogdanovich is gonna give them over the next couple of years? Probably about equal. So if I yeah. can use Reeves and get Murray, like, I don't know, Reeves and Russell, I'm just throwing that out there. Sure. To get Murray and Bogdanovich, yeah, I'm, I'm doing that every day. Like, that's that's a great move. Because even the years beyond the next couple of years for Murray and Bogdanovich, those aren't massive numbers. So I'm fine with that. Like, I, I've every day of the week I would do that. And, I, and you know I like Austin Reeves quite a bit. I just, yeah. I mean, you're getting too, you know, a guy who – Maybe could win six man of the year if he was on a better team in Bogdanovich and a starting point guard. Yeah, let's go. That's uh yeah, that, that's quite a bit of value you'd be getting yeah. back. All three uh, though, yeah. I mean, that's just that's too too much. Like, yeah, I mean that's where it just gets crazy. And I don't think Atlanta wants to do that's, that. That's like we like we see it all the time. People come up with these like super elaborate trades yeah. that they have, you know, 15 players in them and stuff. The reality <laughs> is that when you get to like what's the 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 phrase around the NBA? It's uh like three team trades are where deals go to die, and you know, yeah. because the you just you start getting too many opinions mixed into a trade. It's it hard to do to do two team trade. It's so yeah, really, really hard to pull off. You had the third team and now now you had a third team that needs to get something out of yeah. this. And we don't have Spurs and Pacers and teams like that sitting there with $40 million in cap space. Just, hey, we're here. Throw your deals to us. Like nobody's because of the new rules this year. They don't really have that anymore. So that's that's a that that's that makes it even harder because right for the, the history of this show up until this year, the Spurs, the Thunder, the Pacers, they were everybody's third team in every trade because it was like yeah just dump the salary there and throw them up yeah and that kid that doesn't happen anymore 
Uh, Jerry said Miles Bridges is the steal the Lakers need. Hashtag clutch. I don't think it's coincidence that you know Miles Bridges and then sure. and then of course uh, Dejounte Murray clutch that being a thing. But I, I mean, I've also heard specifically from people that the whole clutch Lakers thing is kind of overblown now. It's not as big of a thing as it used to be. So I don't think that's like I don't think it hurts, but I don't think that it's like a oh he's not a clutch guy. Lakers aren't going to go after that guy. I don't think that's a thing. I have a very real sense talking to people in the league that the Lakers are not that they're like, get LeBron out of here and be done with this. Cause that's not even close, but I think the Lakers are being very cognizant of this has a clock on it. Like it feels sure. real. Now there's a clock on how many more years of LeBron we're going to have. How long is that relationship going to be? It may be three more seasons beyond this one four i don't know we'll see but it just feels like there is a sense of we don't need to do everything to appease everybody right now anymore like we need to do what's best for the lakers versus what's best for the lakers with lebron james in the in the moment mm-hmm. now if in the next three weeks they rip off a 10 game win streak you may see all of a sudden uh zach levine sounds kind of good like let's, right right because it just everything changes. You can all of a sudden be in a spot where it's, all right, we feel like a title contender now. Let's push over the top. And I have no issue at all with the Lakers operating under the mindset of go get a championship and we'll figure all the rest of it out later. Because that's sure. where you should be at this point. If you're in the LeBron James business and to a slightly lesser degree, the Anthony Davis business, you should be in title or bust mode. Boston should be in the exact same spot. They're just, limited in how much they can trade because everything that's tradable is, is attached to a you know top six rotation guy but any of those teams they they should be full on in in that mode of all right do this and then you know we'll figure all the rest of it out later yeah and sometimes it doesn't work out but you got to go for it if you have a chance to win mm-hmm. right now that's what you absolutely have to do um, all right Keith, this is going to be a busy weekend. I know there's going to be stuff going on around the league. Who knows? We may get a trade pop over the weekend. I know you were kind of expecting one last weekend, maybe. Yeah, I thought the Siakam thing might go down last weekend. And and, and then Siakam said, I don't want to be a king. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that was what I was ready to be like, all right, do we got to do a Siakam show? And then then that didn't end up coming to fruition. I'll tell you, I'm, I'm going to try to sneak out to see the beekeeper. This weekend, I'm really excited to see that movie with Jason Statham. It just anybody at this point, you know, my whole thing with movies is I don't want movies that challenge me. Like I just want go watch people beat people up and stuff yep. blow up and have fun and eat some popcorn. Like I'm good with that. So I wanna I wanna just kind of do do that um, this weekend. And if that happens, it'll be five minutes into the movie, my phone will start blowing up with notifications, and I'll be like. We- all right, that's that, this be what is where you need to let everyone know that <laughs> what I'm time going. you get tickets yeah. for, so that we're right. all ready because that's when yeah. the trades so going now can be ready to go. Yeah, exactly. Yep. You're 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 on it. I, I will if we end up going. I'll go. But yeah, man, I, I'm excited for that movie. It just it doesn't look that good, but yeah. BC says that Buck Celtics game was amazing. That was that was rough. So, uh, we, oh, got we got a, one more super one chat. more super chat coming in. Dinwiddie, Royce O'Neal, Dorian Finney-Smith, and Claxton. Should be traded by February. Uh, younger players and picks. What's the best the Nets can do? I don't know if Claxton is in that group or not. Yeah, I would, I, yeah. Claxton, I wouldn't put in there. The other three, sure, I'm fully there. Like, yeah, move, move all them. I, you can't just tear it down if you're the Nets. You've got money invested in 
Bridges and Johnson. And those guys are not, we've talked about this before. They're not 22 year olds. Like those guys are older than I think a lot of people think they are. So mm-hmm. you're not, you're not a uh, rebuilding around youth with those two guys. If that's what you're doing, you're, you're not going to hit a hard reset and say, all right, we'll build around these two guys. Cause we've got them for the next eight to 10 years. Like that's not going to, going to be a thing. So yeah, I'm, I, I, I'm there on the first three. I'm probably keeping Claxton though. I think he's, yeah. he's a good player and he fits with, with them. And I think if you're the Nets, you're trying to spin it. What I'm very curious to see is does some team act because it's either coming now or it's coming in the summertime on Ben Simmons. Is someone going to mm-hmm. say, let me clear out a four-year contract I don't like, and I'll take the two years back on Simmons. And we Are we finally way. here? Yeah, We're finally here where be. Ben Simmons has value, but unfortunately not because of what he's doing yeah, on the court, but because of, of his does. contract. Yeah, expiring. I mean, let's get back to him having value because of what he does on the court. I just, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Uh, all right, we got one more. It's worth answering because anyway, Golden State can get Isaiah Joe or Devin Vassell. No, Isaiah Joe is on one of the best value contracts in the entire NBA. He's not going anywhere, and Devin Vassell is poison pilled because of his extension. So very hard to trade him anyway. So yeah. nope, no, no, no chance the Warriors are getting either one of those guys. Well, all right, everybody, we're gonna stay tuned this weekend. Could be some movement. We'll see what happens again. The chances just go up the closer and closer we get to that February trade deadline. Again, if you're not a subscriber yet, subscribe to the YouTube channel right here for the NBA front office show. Get us to 30,000. Like 300 away from we are from 30,000. So let's let's push that over the top there. Let's let's get that done ahead of the trade deadline. There's a there's over a thousand people watching today. We know you're not all subscribed. Just hit that subscribe button for us, please. Hit the button. Hit the button. Absolutely. Hit the the subscribe button. Don't forget to find us over on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well. Till next time, everybody. Have a great weekend. See ya and stay safe.